For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left into the coming of the Lord, will certainly not perceive those who've fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. The Bible tells us that we can cast our cares on God. Why? Because He cares for us. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the God of the universe cares about you. That's a good message, isn't it? But not just that. He knows you. He he cares about you. and, And He is with you. God is with you. Remember, that's what Mary was told, that people are going to refer to her son as Emmanuel, God with us. But all of that was just a side message. Because the overarching message that the the angel Gabriel gave to Mary was summed up in one name. The name that she was to call her son. Gabriel said, Mary, you're going to call him Jesus. Say that name with me. Jesus. You know what that means? Like a lot of names, that name has meaning. And and it simply means the one who saves. So the message that God was sending is, is to the people of Israel, and it's still a message that applies to us today. And here's the message. God will save you. Jesus still saves. It's in that good news. Jesus still saves. We celebrate that because we talk about what we call the gospel or the good news. And we've just been studying through Romans and and in Romans, you can have what some people call the Romans road that really outlines that gospel, the good news. So here it is, just in case you've never heard it in Romans 3.23. We have just the reality. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It just reminds us we're all in the same boat. We're not necessarily all bad people, but we are all sinners. We've all missed God's design. Romans 3.23. The next verse, Romans 6.23. You know what it says? The wages or the payment, the punishment for sin is guess what? Death. The punishment for sin is death. And the Bible even teaches where that takes place. is death and hell. But fortunately, the verse doesn't end there. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And the Bible tells us where that takes place, in heaven with Jesus. So how do I get that? That's the one I want, the gift. Well, Romans 5, 8. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his love in that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. So what I hear about Jesus dying on the cross, that death that he suffered, it was to take that punishment for my sin. He paid my wage, the wage that I deserve, the wage that you deserve because you're a sinner. Jesus paid that wage. 
So how do I take advantage of that? I still want to know, how do I get this gift? That's Romans 10, 9, because it says, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I can be saved. And remember, that's the good news, right? Jesus means God will save. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So who can experience that? This one's so good. I want you to see it on the screen. It's Romans ten thirteen. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's say just that statement together, starting with everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So a question, really, as we talk about when we need hope, God sends a message, he has a message. A question we need to ask today is, have you called on the name of the Lord? Has there been a time in your life where you called on the name of the Lord and were saved? That's still the message today. So I've had you put on your thinking caps as my mom used to say, you've got on your thinking cap, I want you to think back to when you were saved. Uh, most of us who gather here, um, you say you are already a Christian. You say you're saved, so think back to when that was. All right? You got it? This means yes. This means no. Are you thinking back to when I'm saved? If you got it, do this, okay? Aren't you thankful that God saved you? You remember what it was like before that? Now, if you're like me, I, I was saved as a child, so God spared me from a lot. But, but some of you, you were caught up in abuse or addiction or anger or fear or immorality. Yet God saved you. He, he filled that voice, that void. And so in the midst of your hopelessness. God gave you the message, Jesus saves. That's why we sing songs like, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he he picked me up and he turned me around and he he places my feet on solid ground. It makes me want to shout. That's a good thing. Oh, when hope is needed, God sends a messenger. And when when hope is needed, God has a message. But there's another thing here. When, When hope is needed, God performs miracles. Do you believe God still performs miracles, church? I believe he does. I I really believe he does. And so Mary, this teenage girl, uh, first of all, she's already having an an out-of-this-world day because she's having a conversation with an angel. And the angel says, you're going to have a baby. And so she says, time out. Houston, we have a problem. Um. I'm not great at math, but I know there's something missing in this equation. 
And, and so the Bible spells it out very clearly. She says, how can I have a baby? Because I, I, I'm engaged, but I don't have a husband in that way. And, and what does Gabriel do with her how question? I want you to think about that because all of us have how questions. Part of our hopelessness is because we don't know how God is going to get us out of this. We don't know how we're going to make it through another day. We don't know how we're going to go forward. So what does the angel do with Mary's how question? He turns her to God. He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You, you. you see, the secret answer to your how questions is to always go back to God. Between services, I, I went to my office for a couple of minutes and I, I pulled up the Brooklyn Tabernacle because I just wanted to hear what my pastor was preaching and they were already at the invitation and my friend Michael O'Brien was singing and playing behind him there and it just made me think about Pastor Jim Simbla and and some of the things he's taught me. And just one of those things that I've tried to share with you, and I don't think you can hear it too much, that when, when you don't know what else to do, sometimes all you can do is pray. And, and sometimes when you don't know what to pray, sometimes all you can say is what? Jesus. Jesus. Sometimes all I, I, I know to do is just say, Jesus. And so sometimes the answer to my how question is just to look, to God and say, Jesus, let me ask you today. You said you believe that God still does miracles. Are you trusting God for miracles in your life? Are you trusting God for marriage miracles, for financial miracles, for healing miracles, for provisional miracles in your life? Oh, you can trust him, church. When hope is needed, God sends a messenger. When, when hope is needed, God has a message. When, when hope is needed, God performs miracles. That's what Gabriel said. Mary, God's got this. He's going to take care of this. You just be faithful. And that leads us to the last thing. When hope is needed, God gives you a moment. I want you to say this with me. Say, this is the moment. It is, it is. This is the moment. Because after the appearance of the messenger, the deliverance of the message, and the promise of a miracle, Mary had a moment. It's a moment we all get every time we come in contact with God, whether in a quiet time, whether reading the Bible or in prayer, or whether on a a time of corporate worship like this. We get to decide what are we going to do with what God has said to us. Right? That's the moment. That's what Mary had to do. She had to make a decision that would determine her destiny. And so she decided. If we continue reading, you see what she says. In verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She submitted to God. That's what it means to to trust the Lord. That's what it means to live in hope, to say, God, I don't have to understand this. I don't necessarily have to like this. But I'm going to put all my hope in you, Jesus. That's what my friend Karen had to do after experiencing something no one wants to experience. 
Listen to her story. My boyfriend and I um, cooked a dinner and we left to go to Bible study at 6.45. We were all praying like how we normally do on Monday nights. And I remember getting a phone call from my neighbor saying, you got to come home. You got to come home right away. You have to come home. Where are you? Where's the dog? And I said, Ben, something's wrong. We have to go. I remember going to my apartment and I couldn't I couldn't drive just because of I didn't know what to expect to saying to come home right away. I then saw all the fire trucks, the firefighters rushing in to my apartment. And that's when my heart sunk and I dropped to the floor. I didn't know what lied ahead of me. I didn't have any hope. I didn't want to listen to my Christian um, worship music in the mornings. I didn't really want to read the Bible. I remember I was pushing myself away. It wasn't until Wednesday night when I decided to go to the house of prayer. And I usually don't go to the house of prayer, but I I felt like I just needed to go. I couldn't be in the moment when they were praying for the church Um, and they were praying for others. I just, I had to go to the altar and just kneel and just cry it out. And I was emotional, upset, and I couldn't stop crying. I then felt a hug and it was Kimberly Purvis. And I am just so grateful for her. And I will never forget this throughout my life. What that prayer and praying over me, because it was then with Pastor Paul and Kimberly Purvis praying over the congregation for me that I felt just a little bit of hope. So God really used his people by just coming beside me. I remember it feeling like I had a whole army of people just supporting me, praying for me. I remember all of the pastors calling me and Pastor Paul called me that night and we were at Target and I remember him saying, whatever you're doing, stop. We are gonna pray right now. And here we were, me, Ben and Amy, and Pastor Paul on the phone praying in the middle of Target. And that's when I knew that God's people and God really had me and he was not gonna let me go. And I know God was orchestrating all of that. I know that God provided me with hope that it was going to be okay. Isn't that an awesome story? I want you to think about what you heard Karen say in this hopeless situation. God sent her messengers of hope. She heard a message of hope. God showed her miracles of hope. And by the way, more miracles are happening because Ben and Karen are getting married here soon. Isn't that great? But it wasn't realized until there was a moment of hope where you have to decide, am I going to trust that God's got me, that, that he can handle this? 
that he really is with me. So the same thing that that teenage girl, Mary, had to decide, you guys, you've got to deal with. We have to deal with on a daily basis in those moments of hopelessness. We have to decide, am I going to live in this moment? And throughout scripture, there's all kinds of examples of those who've done that. Folks like Nicodemus in John chapter three, he, he, he basically went to Jesus and said, I want some of that hope stuff you got. How do I get into your kingdom, into your club? And, and Jesus said, you gotta be born again. There's gotta be a moment. And he said, I've, I don't know if I can be born again. And he said, no, you gotta be born again. There's gotta be, and the third time, that's when we get this great verse, for God so loved the world, Nicodemus said, that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall have everlasting life or hope that lasts forever. Don't perish, but there's got to be a moment. So what can we learn from Mary's moment? I thought you'd never ask. Let me tell you, and then we're done. How did Mary respond? First of all, Mary responded gradually. And this will be encouraging for some of you because some of you, you're making the foolish mistake that you believe everybody's face, Facebook and Instagram f- post. You you think life is as good as they say it is and pretend it is. And and so when you come into a, a corporate setting of worship like this, you think that everybody's further along than you and everybody's doing better than you and everybody's got more faith than you. And if you're not careful, you get hopeless and you give up because you, you don't realize it's okay to be on the journey. And I just want you to understand that even in this story, it, took time for Mary to process this and get to the place of total trust. It was gradual. Uh, Her response was gradually. But secondly, it was thoughtfully. (laughs) She thought through this. She was thinking, wait a second, this can't be. And, And that's where some of you are with whatever it is that's going on in your life. You're thinking, I don't think this can work out. I don't see any hope. And that's all right. When you trusted God, You did so in faith, but he didn't ask you to check your brain at the church door. You've got these things that you're thinking through. That's all right. Use that brain and still trust him in faith. She responded gradually. She responded thoughtfully, but then she responded obediently. She said, okay. So that's where I want to ask if you are today. Are, Are you willing to say, oh, okay, God. I really will trust you in this. I'll put my hope in you. Because all the rest of the New Testament, that's what it tells us, that we follow him in obedience because of the hope that we have in him. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 4. This is why we labor and strive, because we put our hope in the living God, the Savior of all people, and especially those who believe. So why do we do all this stuff we do? It's because of our hope. Or or Titus chapter 2 verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. So these things we do. Our obedience. Our hope should fuel obedience in our life. That should be our response. So we respond gradually sometimes. We respond thoughtfully. We respond obediently. And then the last thing, she responded worshipfully. 
if you continue this story in Luke 1, you'll eventually get down to verse 46. And this is what it says. And Mary said, I think, think it probably should say, and Mary sang, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. You see, when you put your hope in God, you'll want to come worship him even when you don't have it all figured out, even when you don't know all the answers, even when you may not see how this is going to end up, you're going to say, how great thou art. You're going to sing, my victory is in Jesus. You're going to sing, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. You're going to want to worship him because that's who you are. Now, why is that so important? It's so important because that's how this is all going to end up. We're at kind of a, a sweet stage of life. As of yesterday, we now have moved both of Kimberly's parents here to our area. Um, and most of you know, for about two and a half years, my mom has lived here. And so, of course, it's the holidays. Mom and I have had a, a few sweet moments, uh, even in the last couple of days. And a couple of days ago, I was taking her back to her apartment, and I was about to leave, and I was hugging her, and my sweet mama looked at me, and she said, can you believe I'm about to be, I'm almost 90 years old. She's still got a few years, but she said, I'm almost 90 years old. And I said, I know, Mom. But I, I said, let me just tell you, I, I would pray that if I get to be about 90 years old, that I'd be as, as uh, sharp and as strong and as good as you are. And she didn't miss a beat. She said, oh, you're not going to get to be 90 years old. And I'm like, time out. This doesn't seem fair. What, what's going on here? And she said, because I believe that Jesus is going to come back while I'm still alive. And I said, I, I know, Mom, you've been telling me that all of my life. And she has. But we've lost some of that in the church. This belief that Jesus is coming again. This understanding that our hope that began at the birth of Christ continues and breathes into us because this same Jesus who came as an infant is coming as king. That's who he is. That's what we've got to look forward to. That's what Paul's talking about in this passage of scripture. So just listen. And if this moves you, you might just cheer it on. This is the word of God. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left into the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who've fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we'll be together with the Lord forever therefore encourage one another with these words brothers and sisters when we need hope God will send us a messenger even a middle aged preacher from South Carolina and when we need hope 
God will give us the message. The message is Jesus still saves. And when we need hope, God will perform miracles. He's still doing that today. And when we need hope, He'll give us a moment. And we get to choose how we're going to respond. So what's your choice? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.